Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. (laughs) Michael, do you know what today is? What is today? Is the first time you've done the show in three weeks? And it's a Thanksgiving miracle. It is a Thanksgiving miracle. It is a Thanksgiving miracle. You know, Christmas brings about the ghost of Christmas past, Christmas future, Christmas present. But this, Michael, this is the ghost of the podcast for Thanksgiving. I'm back. I want to thank Michael for doing the show without me for two weeks in a row. One week I lost power, and one week I got caught in the city doing work because this isn't my regular job. But I'm here now, and you're getting not only a Christmas miracle of me and Michael, but you're getting a baby cast. It's Thanksgiving miracle. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Thanksgiving miracle, and it's a baby cast. Kaylin is on my lap. She's being very good right now. I cannot imagine that will last. Oh, boy, Michael. There's just so much to talk about. So the first thing we should talk about, Joe, is Thanksgiving. Are you an inside stuffing guy or an outside stuffing guy? Oh, 100% outside stuffing. Yeah, that's where I am too. Yeah, and I'm also a uh, I'm a stovetop stuffing guy. Yeah, me too. I, I don't need the fancy. My grandmother makes a fancy stuffing, but it's with like giblets. Not a yeah, fan of the gibs. Not a fan of the giblets. giblets and chunks and yeah so instead i kind of like crunchy stuffing do you like crunchy stuff I, I like the crunchy top of the stuffing yes yeah. but stovetop i could eat stovetop now for like a meal i respect that yeah you should respect it the chicken flavor chicken flavored stuffing a little chicken caitlin's looking at me like what is stuffing you'll know soon enough young padawan you'll know soon she enough she doesn't even have teeth yet uh she does she has two front teeth and two bottom teeth both of them are in the front she looks like a beaver and this is also the dog cast, yeah, apparently. Yeah, it's the Stanley cast. This, yeah, it's the this Stanley show's cast. It's right off the rails. We're a minute and 51 seconds in. Mike, are you a Thanksgiving fan? You're you a fan of the Thanksgiving holiday? I like Thanksgiving because it has kind of a, a, a pure modern... It doesn't feel like, you know, I know there's Black Friday, but, like, it's not commercialized as much as Christmas. You know, it's it's very interesting. I'm not a huge turkey fan. Um, I like turkey skin. My mother-in-law, and I can say this because she will never listen to this podcast. I doubt my mother-in-law even knows this podcast exists. My mother-in-law is a fantastic cook. She's an amazing cook. Why would you never want her to hear that? Because she is a terrible Thanksgiving cook. Every year the turkey is dry. I don't know how it's possible. Every single year, it's dry turkey. Well, what's the gravy game like? Because the, the gravy, gravy is like game. the can, like the little jar gravy. It's not even oh, fresh gravy. Because good gravy, you could could right. Help you could. Out the dry I mean, this turkey. is a woman who legitimately cooks some of the best meals I've had. Her home cooked meals, and the turkey's dry. So, I'm not a. I like Thanksgiving. I'm not a huge turkey fan. I love mashed potatoes. I love uh, sweet potatoes in all forms. We do some creamed spinach. That's always good. My family does off Thanksgiving with like the cousins the week after the so we'll go to my wife's house for Thanksgiving and then we'll go to my house on Saturday and we do a nice baked ham for Thanksgiving which I always appreciate. Baked but, ham. Um and the pies. Is it a honey oh, baked I ham? I do love pies. It is honey baked ham. Yes. <laughs> That's right, Kaylin. Pies. Uh all right, I guess we should talk about hockey since this is a hockey podcast. The miracle yeah, right. of Thanksgiving. All right. Yeah, should we let's start there? 
Yeah, it's a we're, we're going to start big, with uh, with, with the Spoon Man. So the Yay! New York Rangers, I know KK, the New York Rangers acquired Ryan Strom, former <laughs> fifth overall pick for Ryan Spooner. The Rangers like Ryan's. Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I've been I've been kind of digesting this one, much like a delicious Thanksgiving meal. You see what I did? Uh, I don't know. Thanksgiving I, miracle. It's <laughs> Thanksgiving miracle. It's in terms of the cap, uh, Strom was less, but the Rangers held on a 900k of Spooner, so it's just a wash. And uh, you know, I think it's Strom is 18 months younger than Spooner, um, which is not insignificant, but it's for the most part this trade is just kind of. The Rangers get a right, another guy who can play forward with a right-handed shot. They have a guy they'll be more comfortable with um, in the bottom six as opposed to sticking kind of a skilled guy in a bottom six role. And it, it became clear, you know, when, like, Vlad has worked his way up into the top six and Spooner wasn't able to, that, you know, uh, something might happen shortly with Spooner. And right now it's, you know, Joe... It, it, he was a fifth overall pick, Strom, and, you know, he was, of course, a New York Islanders fifth overall pick, and so he's a prospect that is not at all unfamiliar to us, um, you know, covering the Rangers like we do, and so it's it's a little peculiar. I mean, he's already played, I think, 400 games of NHL hockey, so it's not like he's going to have this amazing second act in his career where suddenly he becomes the prospect he was supposed to be. What I think the Rangers got is a much better two-way player than what Spooner is. Uh, Strom has better underlying possession numbers, and that's very encouraging, especially because his numbers in Edmonton were dragged down in a big way by Lucic. Um, I don't... At my first thought was like, okay, this is fun. You never know. But after looking at it a little closer, I think this trade happened when I was in the, the car with my brother Connor. At first, I was like, oh, that's fun. Got, got a guy who knows what you can get out of Strom, and after looking at all the all the numbers and looking at like what what Strom has been and what he can be, in my head I'm wondering why not? I kind of would have preferred just like a second round pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Edmonton probably wasn't willing to give up a second round pick. And listen, in the grand scheme of things, I think one of the most important aspects of this trade is what you mentioned. Uh, someone did a breakdown of uh, Ryan Spooner's most utilized uh, teammate, and it was Kevin Hayes. And Spooner still had possession numbers in the 30s and just a horrific, really a horrific line across the board. Yeah, his when, start to this season has, was absolute dog shit. Yeah. And I, I, that's not like a well-kept secret. Uh, well, we knew, we knew we were getting good Spooner or bad Spooner, right? Like there was no yeah. in-between. And, and the reality of the situation is Strom, the most amount of time that he's had is with Milan Lucic. And he, like I said... Lukšić has been terrible, and Strom had really good underlying possession numbers. So I think when you look at this trade, you're right. He's 18 months younger. Is he going to be the 80-point player that the Islanders envisioned when they took him fifth overall? Probably not. But what he is going to be, he's a possible 50-point player the same way that Spooner was. I mean, Strom was a 50-point player with the Islanders, and then he went to Edmonton, and you know, things kind of took a turn because that's what happens when you go to Edmonton. And at the very least, the Rangers are taking a risk on a guy with more upside than Spooner. The money's a wash, but it's in the two win- the two year window. There's no downside monetarily, even to eating the salary no, in the two year window. And he's the guy they'd rather roll the dice on and see what they have with. And you know, it, it, you know, I listened to you know Gorton's press conference, and he said, you know, it kind of became clear that. 
you know, Spooner was kind of the odd man out, and there was also some talk about Spooner not really showing that second effort or the work ethic that has been kind of what David Quinn has been demanding in his practices and in games from players. And Strom is a guy who's going to, you know, chug and, you know, pump his legs, get, you know, make every coach smile because he's working his tail off. It's just a question of, you know, this this trade won't hurt the team. It doesn't, I don't think it helps the team a whole bunch. I like the idea of another right-handed shot. I like the idea of a, a balanced player who, you know, has a really, really, really outside chance of being someone a little closer to what he, you know, what the Islanders were hoping he was when they drafted him. Um, but overall, it's it's fine. I'm, I wonder, you know, I wonder if the, the Rangers got, you know, this is one of those trades I don't think anyone really won this trade. Both of these guys needed a change of scenery. That kind of went without saying. Um, but I wonder if, you know, just to kind of play devil's advocate, if the Rangers could have found another partner uh, for a trade with Spooner. And I don't know, Joe. Like, I'm I'm not down on Strom. Um you know, we, he's been quiet, you know, early because he's played a game in a period and a half now. Uh, we're, we're, we are recording this on, uh, what is this show, Monday night? Today's Monday. It's the Thanksgiving miracle on Monday. But we are, yeah. we're not even 10 minutes into the second period of this Dallas Stars game. Yeah, so so I'm, I'm not, I'm not like blown away by the trade. But at the same time, like you said, it doesn't hurt. And there's a lot of little things he does. And maybe a lot of people, including Brooks, think that this trade is going to mean... You know, Cody McLeod in street clothes watching games instead of being in the lineup, and that's fine. Uh, yeah, which would be a huge benefit. I mean, if anybody won the trade, you'd have to assume it's the Rangers, even if it's by a slight margin. Um, I think Strom has a little bit more uh, of offensive flair potential in him, but, you know, the, it's impossible. The trade market wasn't there for Spooner over the summer. I think that's fair. I don't think the Rangers expected him to be back. And while, yes, it would have been lovely to get more for him than they ended up getting. The reality of the situation is Spooner was also off to a horrific start, as Kaylin is proving with her crying. Yeah, so I don't know what else he could have done. Definitely <laughs> went downhill. Hey, the Rangers scored a goal. That's nice. You, oh. You're so much further ahead of me in this game because the Rangers don't even... Now they have the puck with possession in the zone. Well, it's Jimmy VC, Sweet little Jimmy. Oh, little, little sweet little Jimmy VC. You know, Jimmy VC is putting up some points here, surprisingly. Quite yeah, a bit of was, offense out of Jimmy VC. It Sweet was interesting. Jimmy I, I, we talked about this in uh, the banter DM group about, you know, uh, Rick Carpinello did his piece for the Athletic about which Rangers players are kind of the most, you know, most likely to be traded and all that. This is a pass from Mark Stahl to Jimmy VC, who did a behind-the-back shot while falling down to beat Ben Bishop. That is just... That's how the Rangers are winning hockey games lately. Just spitting in the eyes of of what makes sense um, yeah they're definitely this whole season i think has been topsy-turvy in that regard yeah i don't know vc to me is not a guy who doesn't have trade value especially you know he like i think he has at least 20 goals in his stick why wouldn't teams want a big guy you, you can park in front of the net maybe help a power play it's got 20 goals in the stick why the heck not I don't know what what. Sort well, of he has trade value in that the Rangers anticipated him to be a top six winger, right? When they got him, and they're they're continuing to use him like one, which is absolutely fine. There's no reason not to, you know. Seven goals for Jimmy V. But he's got 11 points in 20 games. I mean, he he's on pace to blow past his 28 point career high, which he recorded last year. And I don't know. I, I think there is trade value there, but I also don't think the Rangers want to trade him. 
which I think is kind of insane, but I mean, ultimately, and and here's the thing that I think the Spooner trade kind of brings to the table. The Rangers need to make moves, right? We know they're going to trade. Well, they did trade Spooner. We think they're going to trade Nemestikov. We think they're going to trade Zuccarello. We think they're going to trade Hayes. <laughs> we just don't know who else is in that pile. Okay. Is it going to be Jimmy Vesey? Is it going to be some Mark Stahl? Is it going to be, you know, God willing, Mark Stahl? Are they going to do something no, with Adam McQuaid? Lost. What's the deal with McQuaid now that the defense has sort of settled itself out? And I just, I, there's so many questions. Has the defense settled itself out? Because Brady Shea's been a healthy scratch in well, two that's, games. So that was the next thing that I was going to mention, Michael. Although that's a good point. I kind of meant Pionk and D'Angelo. But you're right. Yeah. Brady Shea's been a scratch two games. I know Mike doesn't like it. I don't like it either. But I want to hear Mike's thoughts on it. I... I, I look at this as, all right, well, what are, what are the realistic expectations for his play? What is he doing that Quinn doesn't like? And it's also kind of maddening to me. Is like, let's sit, a, let's sit a guy out, right, and let him watch the game from the press box. That's fine. So they win the game against the Panthers. And then, you know, they're playing tonight against Dallas, a team that you it would be nice if you had some of your better defensemen in the lineup. And they don't dress the guy... You know, the only defenseman on the team who signed for, you know, any length of time that's significant. Like, Brady Shea isn't going to figure out how to be what the Rangers are paying him to be by sitting in the press box at this point in his career. He's not a kid anymore. I mean, he's young, don't get me wrong, but he's not some, you know, prospect that they invested in, you know, invested in prematurely. He's a guy that they need to be a part of this team now and to be part of the solution now. He's 24. And we can admit that Shea struggled the past few weeks. Oh, he definitely has. Like he still hasn't really played to what we wanted him to look like after seeing that amazing rookie season, right? But even with that being said, the Rangers are immediately asked a lot of him. Um, you know, last season in you know when he was having such a rough year, they traded away McDonough and. Uh, they they scrapped the season for Shattenkirk and they made Shea, you know, the foundation and the linchpin of that entire defense. And nothing changed heading into this season. He was the guy that they asked the most out of. And is yeah, you know, he's 24. He's gonna he's has a lot of honestly his game needs a lot of polish still, right? He has all these traits that we love in defensemen. He can skate. He can move the puck. He's big. He's strong. You know he he can he can contribute on the power play although we haven't seen him there this year and I don't know I, I just I don't know what what the expectations are for Brady Shane why he's been scratched twice and Mark Stahl hasn't been scratched Mark Stahl once. right now is the only defenseman to not be scratched and that that to me is just it's unjustifiable Joe I I understand how important Mark Stahl is and can be to the team as a leader, and he's kind of the de facto captain right now. I get it. But he has an A on his sweater. He's been playing like garbage. Like, it, the fact that a lot of these opportunities, we've, you know, that D'Angelo finally found a way back in the lineup because of the McQuaid injury, and, you know, these opportunities have opened up. You know, now we, we've seen, like, what Friedrich Clayson can do, and, you know, he, po- he popped in a goal, and... That's not at all his game, but honestly, when you look at his underlying numbers, he's so good defensively. And the Rangers, you know, Quinn's said, I think we have eight guys who are NHL defensemen right now. But the problem with that is that this defense sucks. 
And moving forward, you have to be able to, to kind of figure out which guys from this defense can be a part of this and which guys it, does it actually make sense to play. And you made the McQuaid trade. He's been hurt, which has kind of helped simplify things. And with Brady Shea, it's you made that contract. You signed him to that deal. You know, you, you traded McDonough. You made the choice with Brady Shea. And it was a contract that a lot, made a lot of people nervous for good reason because he kind of... He signed it after having a bad year, right? And now it's starting to look like he's found him, like he's found his way into Quinn's doghouse, and that is not good because Quinn's going to be here for a bit. But is it Quinn's doghouse? And I'm not, I'm not defending Quinn on this because I, I do think that we're kind of reaching this point of, I don't know, it feels like a carousel almost. You know what I mean? Like Quinn is proving, hey, everybody's going to get held to the standard of accountability, which, fine, if that's what but it is, that's what it is. Joe? I'm not sure. Well, it's not true with Mark Stahl. But he's really the only one that I can sit here and say, oh, it's not true with Mark Stahl. Because, and let's, you know, I, I do want to point out, as much as I've been, I think, a Quinn defender in this regard, as Kalen just smashes the TV remote, I do think <laughs> one of the important things to, to, like, mention is that, at the very least, Shea was struggling. At the very least, he was struggling. Oh, he was struggling. And <laughs> if Quinn is going to make his decisions based off stuff like that, then that's fine. That's If, if we're going to go down that road, that's fine. What I don't like, what really bothers me, is that this is the second game in a row that Shea is sitting. He's signed to an enormous contract. You want him to be a big part of this team. I get the whole, oh, but the other guys who sat out at work, like Buchnevich, and that's fine. But it, it seems bizarre that tough love is being used on everybody. And, you know, I know there's not one specific way to develop a player, just like there's not one specific way to raise a child, but you, you don't, you don't, he needs the love. He needs to feel the confidence the same way that the rest of the Rangers do, especially because he has a $5 million plus price tag. I agree. And that's, that's, to me, that was also why, what, what was it, Joe? Like three games in a row where Smith was scratched. And of course, you know, he scores his first game. I feel like back. it was more than that. But again, and when Smith got scratched, he was struggling. So it is like, yeah. the, at the very least, we could say it's fair. I know we can't say it's fair because until Stahl gets scratched, it's not applied to everyone. So it isn't fair. Like, if, if we're watching, you know, Smith was playing, you know, crappy. He had a great start and it was recognized and celebrated that he had a great start. Um, but, you know, just, Playing defense in the National Hockey League is not easy, and playing defense on this team and tr- and looking good and not making mistakes is really not easy. This is not a good defense. We knew coming into the season that it wouldn't be, and you know what what we've learned is that you know the difference here is now the Rangers have this issue of quantity over quality, and it, it appears that Quinn and Gordon are both having a little bit of trouble. You know, identifying what that quality is, but furthermore, trying to identify what traits they want to see in their defensemen. And, you know, for whatever reason, you know, McQuaid for the, you know, before he got hurt was showing a lot of the traits that they liked. So, you know, a guy who will stand up for his teammates and, you know, play very unremarkable and altogether kind of underwhelming hockey. And, you know, Smith was also sticking up for teammates. He was also doing a lot of positive things in terms of being able to jump up in the rush and contributing and, you know, making a difference. But he does he does make, I think, more glaring mistakes because he has the, the puck more than Adam McQuaid ever will. And when he makes those mistakes and those turnovers, he gets punished when he's the one being asked, much like Brady Shea is, to do that. And other guys like Mark Stahl are not being asked to do that stuff. Well, and let me so ask you a question. The demands now are that's... higher on them. Now that Spooner's been traded, 
Yeah. Do you think Quinn utilized Spooner the way he did because he knew a trade was coming? And I no. have no evidence to support or deny this. Uh, I, I have no evidence to support or deny it, but my gut tells me no. Because what have we seen him do with Hedl and with, with Buchnevich, with Nemesnikov? He honestly, it feels like he's just kind of... His idea of this accountability thing and rotating the lines and you know trying to spark guys or trying to move guys around, it's not like, you know... It's not like the days of, of Vigneault or Tortorella where they just would throw a third liner up on the first line and you know just say, like, let's see what happens. I think this is more Quinn just kind of testing all of his players individually and seeing what he has. And that's okay. I mean, he's still new to the job. And, and even with all the criticism I've given here, I still stress, like, patience is important with David Quinn. He's, he's played, you know, he's coached 20 games now. And... Has have there been alarming signs? Yeah, but there's also been some signs that I would I would categorize as encouraging, or at least you know the sort of stuff we would hope to see. I I'm not too sure if I'm ready to say you know he didn't play Spooner because he felt like he would get gone. I feel like he didn't know what the hell to do with Spooner because in no way did did Ryan Spooner fit David Quinn's style of hockey. Like he was. He was a you know rectangular wheel on the bicycle. Can a rectangle be a wheel? Well, that's my whole point. I mean, after a while, it would get smoothed out. The point it would smooth itself out eventually. I mean, here and here's the only thing I will say. I think some of my biggest frustrations about Quinn, at the point where I'm like, okay, this situation is critical, he does the right thing. Hedl, Buchnevich, you know, D'Angelo, and in some instances, I mean, listen, I made this but point. He does I haven't the right been on thing the when injuries happen. Well, no. I was just about to say I haven't been on the podcast for I don't know how long. I, I I made a point. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. D'Angelo would not be in this lineup if McQuaid didn't get hurt, and that's unfortunate because D'Angelo has been. Can we say one of the Rangers' best defensemen? We can say that. Uh, we could say and that. We're allowed. It's Thanksgiving week. It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving miracle. What are you so, thankful for, Joe? I am thankful for my daughter, Michael. And you. Uh, what are you thankful for? And my wife, I should say that. Yeah, Jesus Christ, bud. What are you um, thankful for? And Pi. I'm thankful for Pi. And Stanley. I'm thankful for friends and family um, and Joe. Oh, yeah. And you. my You know how to butter a guy up. And oh, Maggie's getting a shout out on this, huh? Yeah. And I'm thankful for macaroni and cheese. Oh my God, Henrik! What a glove save! See, I'm, you're, you, I'm you have to stop Henrik saying Lundquist. that. Good yeah, I'm God. thankful for Henrik Lundqvist too. You're way far ahead of me. Like, I'm I'll sorry. tell you when Henrik Lundqvist makes the save. Was and it's still not now. He just made it. He just made the game, save. By the way, well, what'd you say? I think Radulov was caught eating a banana on the Dallas Stars bench earlier in this game. They, they need the potassium, man. That's what the, that's what you do. Apparently. Let me ask you a question, and I don't want you to get too in depth in it because I've been it is it show. is part of the the Thanksgiving questionnaire that we're doing the roundtable. Yeah, what kid has surprised you the most in a positive way? Uh, it's got to be Howden. Howden has done so many little things, and yeah. I know what his possession numbers look like. I also know, but you know what, his possession numbers aren't good. They're not terrible relative to the team. Yeah, relative to the team and relative to the role he's played, they're they're not they're not good. Yeah. Let's I mean I need to make that clear, but not good. If you ever see the stats like Corsi Rel or you know Fenwick Rel or Goals for Rel, whatever it is, it's relative to the team. So normally fifty percent is the benchmark, right? 
in the event of a Corsi Raw, like I think he's a 44% Corsi. But Joseph, the Rangers, Corsi 4 as a team is 46.39. And and that's what I was going to say. His Corsi is a 44, but if the team is 48, then he's really only a minus 4. The team's a 46. Yeah, the team is a 46 because he's a minus 2, actually. I looked it up today when I was answering that question. I mean, it's between him and D'Angelo for me because I really think... And listen... I appreciate that. I, I I would put Pionk in there. But and I, I do kind of want to talk about this a little bit. Pionk is amazing in the offensive zone. He's putting up offense that I never thought was possible. And I'm going to eat crow on that because I didn't think he was going to get anywhere near the half a goal, uh, the half a point a game mark, which is where he's at right now. Why but he is have turkey, downright awful in his own zone, and that's okay. I don't know why it's not okay to say that. I don't know why yeah, it's not okay to say, he can hey, still be a valuable part. Right, of the he's team. a one-way defenseman. Yeah, he's okay. not going to be the first or the last one-way defenseman. Yeah, call him a power play specialist, and you know, I think everyone, you know, that's kind of naysaying him, you know, it's like, okay, well, it's not a bad thing to be a power play specialist, especially as a guy with a right-handed shot. It's, I think, the problem is, and this is the real problem, is that you know, he's been asked to be something that he's not at even strength and in his own zone. And kind of continue, continuously used that way. I mean, yeah, I, and and tough. here's the thing: I find it. I, I haven't complained about it because I'm. I want David Quinn to utilize youth. Right. That's the most important aspect of this. Yeah. And we're seeing Brett Howden get used properly. We're seeing D'Angelo and Pionk get used properly. Heedle we, starting to. We're Heedle starting to get used properly. Buchnevich was starting to get used properly. There really are things that I'm very positive on here in the middle of November, seeing from David Quinn. I mean, as much as I think we've criticized him on the show and as much as Mike is kind of doing the right thing and playing the devil's advocate, I, I do think you need to give Quinn positives. A, I did not think the Rangers would be in a playoff position coming up to Thanksgiving. Um, and B, I, I do think that there are some really good things about the way that he's handling some players. Uh, I, I think he's trying to get his, his message across. I'm not sure what the end goal is. I find it hard to pass judgment when I know he knows this team is going to look very different in February than it looks right now. And not many teams have that, you know, foresight. But that said, I I think that some of the criticism is valid, and I think he's handling certain situations in a way that I wouldn't. Anderson's on the fourth line right now playing fourth line minutes. That's not okay. That should never happen. No, and, and if you're going to do that, don't bring him up. That was one of the concerns with Heedle. Now Heedle's getting the ice time, and Anderson isn't. It feels like we're running in circles. Yeah, and then um, the Rangers will do a thing where it's like, all right, they send down the Terry, and that's like, okay, yeah, he was playing pretty crap. Um, and they bring up crap. Stephen Fogarty, and that's like, okay, that's you know what? You could have brought up Blesky, but I like that they're giving a kid who is playing in the AHL and doing a very good job. I'm playing well, yeah, he's yeah, a great. chance, a chance to t- tonight is his second game as a Ranger. He played. I think in the season finale last season. So I like there are those little signs, right, that, okay, they're trying to reward kids. It just, it's been kind of, you know, instead of using like a rifle, they've been, it's kind of been like a shotgun. You don't know where the hell, you know, everything's going to land. And it's been very hard to predict, you know, what, what we're going to get out of Quinn in terms of the lineup. And, you know, I... I don't know. I, I I did like that you mentioned D'Angelo before. I think that's important. I also it's this is a fun fun number, Joe. Are you ready for this? I was born ready. Yeah, I knew you were born ready. Uh as of this podcast recording, five on five rookie scoring leaders. It's Elias Patterson, it's Oscar Lindblom in Philly, and Lindblom is tied with Brett Howden for nine 
So, and guess what? It's pretty good. Howden has ten now because he had an assist on the VC goal at five on five. Well, there you I, go. I don't think the VC goal was a power play goal. Well, there you go. Well, um, let's see. I'm looking at the box score right now. It was not a power play goal. So there we go. So and that's it's Howden has been. I never expected Howden to be this type of player. Ever. Not even in not in a million oh, years. Yeah. You and I were both high on him heading into the season. We're like, you know what? People are just forgetting about this kid. He was pretty good. Like when we looked at his numbers and uh, juniors, we're like, oh, okay. What do we think? They got something here. But we didn't expect a guy who would make this kind of impact immediately at the NHL level. I mean, his, he's been like, coming into the season. Where was he in terms of just the, the center prospects depth chart for the Rangers? He was three. You know, where I'm, I think most people would say, big picture, long term, he's still three. But I don't know. He might be. I think he might be creeping up on two. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. And again, I don't want this to be taken as a crap on Leah Sanderson. He's doing right now all the things that I wanted from Leah Sanderson and expected <laughs> yeah, from that's, him. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, Kaylin doesn't agree. She's crying her little eyes out, but. She just loves her some Leah Sanderson. Um, what else, Michael? What else before we go to questions? This is your show now. Oh, well, my, I, I didn't want to do it, my show. Um, well, it's too bad. It's your show. All right, well, we could talk about the fact that Heedle has three goals in three games. That's fun. But we've kind of already talked a lot about the uh, the kids in general. Um, what else is there to talk about, Joe? We could, we could touch on the whole uh, deadline in terms of, you know, Toronto kind of has to shit or get off the pot with Nylander. Oh, a little. And uh, Brooksy's article. And... Because I know, I mean, you, you've been drumming up the Nylander drum. For two years now, well, for really, two, since yeah. last year. Well, let me ask you this. If Brooks's trade idea of Nylander for Shea and Kreider, do you do it? Oh, God. God help me. I You're think already I thinking do. more than I am. In a friggin' heartbeat, me, I, I do, do it. I definitely do it. In a heartbeat. And, and I, I get, love, listen, Kreider uh, coming into this game, Kreider, he has 17 points in 20 games. So there is that, like... And you hope to get that like boon. Captain. Yeah, you, you get that boon of, like, right now offense. You know what I mean? And then you trade high because that's the way that this shit works. It's just the way that it happens. The Rangers have so many left-handed deep prospects. And you can get William Nylander. And then you can dictate what you want to sign him for. In this case, you would sign him to be your star forward. And, yeah. And he would be. And he would be. And... And he's 22. Yeah, that's the other thing. We, you know, we talk about, I just said earlier, you know, Brady Shea's not exactly a kid anymore. He's 24. You'd get William Nylander, who's 22. He has so many years of great hockey ahead of him. Not just good hockey, but great hockey. And, yeah. He can play center. He can play wing. Uh, and then if you do Nylander, it's like, all right, you're going to miss Kreider, and you will miss Shea, and the defense will look even worse. But... If we're talking rebuild, and that's what matters here, how do you not try and make this happen? You know what? Let's go into questions because we have some interesting trade questions. Okay. David L. Singer. Is it safe to say that Leah Sanderson will never be a better player than either Zibanejad or Hayes are right now? If so, why get rid of Zibby or Hayes to make room for (laughs) Leah? Michael? I don't think it's safe to say that yet. Um, Even still... I am very high on both Hayes and Zibanejad. The problem is it's not as simple as who's the best player today. It's who's the best player going to be when this team reemerges. Because the team as it stands right now is not 
a, like not a Stanley Cup contender, and it's about building back to get there. And I know what their record is, but we also know that they are a terrible puck possession team. We know that Henrik Lundqvist has kept them in games they don't belong in. We know that they're four and zero in the shootout. You know, we know that there are a lot of things that are eventually going to break, especially when we watch this defense play. I definitely, definitely think it's way, way too early to make any sort of, you know, uh, what's it called, prophecy or, you know, prediction on what's going to happen with Leas Anderson and what his ceiling is. And yeah, you know, both Zib and Hayes are still kind of young, Joe, but they're not as young as Leas Anderson. That's the thing. I think, listen, in, in if we're talking in reality, uh, the Rangers would love for Leah Anderson to be Hayes or Zibanejad. Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's, you know, and, and I'm that not, would be a great again, deal. we're not putting a, a, you know, we're not putting a ceiling on him. But uh, that said, Mike is right. It's all about the future, as Kalen is telling you right now. It's all about the future. Leah Anderson is younger, and if you can get that player five years from now, where Leah Anderson is 24, and you know Hayes is 31, that makes an enormous, enormous difference. Yeah. So, there you go. That's a good question, though, David. It's a fair I am question. Pie Fieri. That's a great name. With Fogarty being called up, do you guys think seeing players, we'll see players like Ronning, Gettinger, or even Gropper Fontaine to get a look with the big club? Well, probably not Ronning now, right, Joe? Oh, wait a minute. Fontaine got called up, not Fogarty. The question was Fogarty, but it was Fontaine, wasn't it, that got called up? No, it was Fogarty. Was it Fogarty? Oh, I thought it was Fontaine. What's wrong with you? I don't know. Well, they both start with an F. All right, so I'm wrong. So it was Fogarty. I th- I, this whole time, I thought it was Fontaine. Um, yes, and we won't talk about Ronning because Ronning just got sent to the uh, ECHL. Here's the thing, and I, and I tried to warn the you all Mariners. about this, and so did Mike. It, it, you have to temper your expectations, and I get it. He scored 60 goals in the WHL. It's all sexy and you know oiled up and nice, but in eight AHL games, he had a goal. All sexy and oiled a up single and nice goal. is what you just said on the show. I did. Just like the, child the on thigh gap. She is on my lap playing with the clicker. Um, he had one goal in eight games. So I think, again, what Mike and I say, if you got 20 goals out of Ronning in the AHL, it would be a huge success. It would be great. And it does not Didn't look like happen. we're going to get that. So do I see other guys coming up? Not really. I mean, Grop, I, I, I've, I've been very, very down on Grop. I don't, I don't hide that. I think that it was a bad pick, and the Rangers just were in their just ideology of, oh, we're going to go for size over anything else. He had 21 points in 59 AHL games last year. He has five points in 16 games he's right now. He's averaging less than a shot a game. What, what is he going to bring to the table that and the Rangers don't already That's get? That's all he'll ever really be is Grop. I mean, a yeah, more than likely shoot. you're going to get uh, Letary back up than any of this. But Mike, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I know I was, I was babbling there. But, you know, it is it is interesting, you know, because we've seen a couple changes, you know, with Ronning hitting the ECHL and, of course, Michael Lindquist, you know, put on waivers and mutual contract extermination. Um, and, you know, it is, there are still some guys there. I feel like it's a very good thing from the organizational standpoint to give Fogarty this chance, especially because the Rangers, I think they let down Bunieves, you know, in a big, big bad way in terms of a guy who's doing everything right and should have been given an opportunity and never really got that opportunity. I hope we get to see, you know, Gettinger or Meskinen get that next opportunity. Um, because they're going to be more helpful and more important to get a taste of what they look like at the NHL than Peter Holland or Cole Schneider or 
Bolesky or whoever the hell. I mean, you want you want to have kids in the AHL in you know playing there, Joe, right? And you want them to feel like if I'm doing everything right here, when an opportunity comes, they're going to call on me. They're not going to call on the 29 year old guy. Who's you absolutely need that to have yeah. a successful team. And you need kids to believe that. You need it to you need it to be true. And I want that to be true. And I like that it's Fogarty came up and to kind of answer the question, I think, you know, Gettinger has done a lot of, a lot of things, right? He's definitely potted a lot of goals early. I don't know what he's done lately, um, you know, from in terms of the last couple of weeks, but I know he had a great start and Meskinen, you know, he's, I was always higher on Meskinen than uh, Lindquist, but I babbled about that last week. So I won't, I won't get too much into that, but I like, there's a lot to like in terms of what can happen with this team and getting these kids and doing it right with the AHL. I think it's going to be a process, though, Joe. It's going to take a little bit of time. It's... Well, the Riveters are getting some love on the MSG 150 seconds. Well, Joe, they lost. They. It's a... Oh, yeah, you're right. They well... lost. I was at that game. When the, uh, the Blue Shirts break guys were there. Oh, were they? Yeah. I got to see uh, old Ryan and Greg. It was fun. That's cute. I like That's Ryan cute. and Greg. Jim Riggins, give me something regarding Nylander. Well, we kind of talked about it before, but I mean... How about you give me something regarding Nylander? Are you saying that to Jim or are you saying that to me? I'm saying that to anybody. Right? Uh, I think Nylander would be the best forward on the Rangers right now. I, uh, I don't think that's much of a... I'm not. I didn't say I was jumping out on a ledge, Michael. I just said that it was the truth. <laughs> he would be the best forward right now. That's what it is. So, yes, you trade Kreider for him, and if you have to throw Shea in there, too, you throw Shea in there, too. But, like, the flip side, I, I, there have to be teams that are going to give better offers than that. Although, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I don't know about that. It's a pretty good deal. I mean, Toronto does need defense. You shore up your defense and you add Chris Kreider. Yeah. Who's you, a 50-point player himself. Because that's the thing, right? Toronto has this situation where, you know, they lost Van Riemsdyk in free agency. But, like, who gives a fuck because they got Tavares. But now, without Nylander, they've been missing a top six winger. And that's not that's not good. So you can get a guy who you know is playing well, and a guy like Kreider who you know is not that dissimilar from Van Riemsdyk, and you already know a player like that works really well. And I don't know, it might be tempting. It's 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 kind of tricky to say what what Toronto would want in terms of Nylander because they are a team they're in they're in win now times, right? So. But they're also a young team, so it feels like giving them guys on the right side of 30, um, you know, it was, it would work. But I think what might hold that up, if anything, is really the Shea contract and whether or not they think it's worth it. It's that's going to be tough. Someone made the point they were like, "Well, well, for the almost 10 million dollars that it costs for the two of them, you know, they the Toronto just... could just sign Nylander for that total, and that's true. That is but true. you also have very egotistical players in the game now." And more importantly, you're getting two, you're shoring up the defense and adding a top six winger for the price of a top six, uh, you know, an elite winger. And I get it. I understand why that might not be the best deal on the table. And I'm not even saying that it is. I, I don't know if I would accept that if I was Toronto. But the one thing that Jeff Gordon has on his side right now, Shea and Kreider are win now pieces. And they're young enough win now pieces that you can keep Shea for the next four years and you have Kreider for one more year after this. So I do think there is an inherent value in that offer being on the table. Tom Ertz Jr. Also, the Leafs can try to dump 
a contract, maybe like Connor Brown. Yeah, back to the Rangers. The Rangers. Leafs are just dumping all over the place. That's right, Kalen. Kalen also dumps all over the place because she can't control it. Ah, uh, that's poop. Tom Ertz Jr., based on what has happened with the Rangers D, mm-hmm. what do you think happens when McQuaid is healthy? Is there a place for him anymore? I don't think so. You are optimistic, Joseph. I mean, uh, I know he'll he'll be there. I know he's going to play, but I don't think there's a place for him. There isn't a place for him. He is going to play, I would imagine. But I would I would hope that by then we'll definitely definitely see Brady Shea back in the lineup if he's not in Toronto. Fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. But who do you take out? Well, that's the question. Yeah, at this point, be... it's Clayson, but Clayson really is in for Shea, right? Yeah. So Shea D'Angelo, Pionk, who? Stall, since he's going to be there. Then it's what? Tough. Yeah, I know. I know, Joe. Are we boring you, Michael? No. I'm just sleepy bear. I'm a sleepy bear. I don't know, bud. That's, it's, it's tough because it's it comes down to how much does this key team give a damn about defensive handedness? We've already seen... You know, not too much. You know, the more we understand about the game, it you know, where does it matter most is really like zone exits and stuff, right? And, okay, but we've also seen that Brandon Smith has been definitely on the good side and bad side of Quinn in a 20-game span, which is not encouraging. The same can be said of D'Angelo, and the same can be said now of Shea. Um, you know, if it was a one-game scratch, I wouldn't say anything, but it, two, two in a row is like, oh, okay, well... You know, I know they won and everything, but they're definitely trying to send a message here. I don't know, but I, I does McQuaid push one of those guys out? I, I would know. hope so. I, I mean, McQuaid is no use on this team, yeah, and the only way that McQuaid getting into the lineup, that Quinn likes McQuaid. Well, Quinn like likes, likes McQuaid because brings. McQuaid is a rough and tough guy. But the only defenseman that McQuaid is better than is Stall, and Stall's not sitting. Yeah, that's so, the problem here. But you're not going to sit. You're not sitting D'Angelo. You can't sit Pionk. So what happens? It's got to be Smith again, I guess. I mean, Quinn has been on record multiple times of saying he is an NHL defenseman. I don't think that's true. No. McQuaid is not an NHL defenseman. Mark Stahl is not an NHL defenseman. As much as people are telling you that he is, he's not. You could say it a million times. It doesn't make it true. Mark Stahl has been a very good soldier for this team. Yes. Again, this is the same. Well, there goes that remote. We're talking about Mark Stahl, the hockey player, not Mark Stahl. Right. This is the same exact thing that we we discussed with Girardi. They're two completely different aspects. And Mark Stahl is not an effective NHL defenseman. Again, I don't know why it's such a hard thing to understand. I I love Mark Stahl. He's a goddamn sod farmer. He's He's on the sod farm. You know what, Joe? Without those sod farms, we wouldn't have a nice Thanksgiving dinner. We wouldn't have nice soddy grass, you damn heathens. So, yeah. Jason Silverman. I'm sorry, Silberman. Great podcast. Thank you, sir. Would any of the Rangers' defensive prospects or young players be considered off-limits in a potential trade? Also, assuming the Rangers sell at the deadline, which defenseman in Hartford would be the next one or two to be recalled? I oh, think is it the time for the point, return of John Gilmore? Well, he's the answer to the next guy getting called up, especially now that Sean Day's down in the ECHL. But I think at this point, I think K. Andre Miller has played himself into the untouchable range right now. Oh, F yeah. I'm on board with that. I like that take. F yeah? F yeah, right in the ass. F? I thought you were going to yell that you hated the take. No, man. K. Andre Miller has been dynamite. And, like, when they drafted him, like, he was like, yeah, that's the gamble we want. That's it's good. It's what I want. 
And now you, you it, go it, boom it or bust. So you go boom or bust, and Keandre Miller is out there busting all over the place. He's busting. He, Straight he's busting. Gang bust. I mean, nine points in 12 games for a freshman defenseman he would bust those on players. a very good Wisconsin team for a guy who's only been playing defense for two years. That's just silly. It's it's stupid. And he's been one of the University of Wisconsin's best players. He's a lock right now, you would think, for the World Juniors. I mean, the Rangers couldn't have asked for a better start. I think Niles Lundqvist, it's going to take a lot to pull him off just because, again, like we talked about when the Rangers drafted him, how many 18-year-olds do you know are starting every single game in the SHL? Yeah, that's it's, it's very special. Obviously, Sean Day's stock is in the, in the trash can. Oh. Um, who else is there? Like, you know, Ryan Lindgren, you know, it's kind of much ado about nothing. He hasn't really been surprising in terms of what he can do and what he can't do. And, yeah, in terms of just putting points up, if we want to talk about guys who can do that, Gilmore has, what is it now, 12 points in 19 games with Hartford. And that's, that's a nice thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Of all those guys, I think Keandre is the only one where you would just be like, listen, you got to move heaven and earth to make us trade Keandre Miller. Right, and I don't think that's a stupid take at all. You don't want to sell low, and that's the problem that I think the Rangers Vibor have run into a couple of times. has three assists in 19 games. No. Isn't that great? No, it's not. Especially because Libor was a, a – and look – he was a bubble guy for the the team, but not even that. Stuff. He was a he was a shooting machine when he was in the preseason with the Rangers. We're talking like four or five shots a game, yeah. and which is incidentally what Keandre Miller is doing right now for Wisconsin. But like again, the flip side of this, if Lieber Hayek ends up being a bust, then we're not saying that he is. Obviously, he's twenty years old. Um, he's getting used to professional hockey. Does. Brett Howden's explosion kind of changed the way you look at the trade because of how well he's doing. Well, and yeah, I think I the think answer to that maybe, has to be a yes. Yeah, I think when the trade happened, more people were like, oh yeah, Libor Hayek is the guy that got back that matters. But now, I don't think anyone in their right mind would say that. Well, that was what a lot of people were saying. That's what they were saying. And I'm just looking up uh, Mr. Lundquist's stats right now. Neither in his 18 SHL games, he has six points. It's pretty damn A solid. goal and five assists. Again, for an 18-year-old, you are talking about a guy who's legitimately, Second I mean, he's a kid. Second or best league in the world, depending on who you he, ask. He's, a, he's a, young, a young child, just in the, in the arms Sweet of... Sweet young boy. The arms of the angel. The um, average time on ice. That is the name. That is not the thing. Uh, name a more iconic trio than Hedel, Howden, and Pionk. I'll wait. How about Hedel, Howden, and D'Angelo? Ooh. How about peanut butter and jelly? No, I hate peanut butter and jelly. It's not even a trio, really. It, it's, it's an abomination. Peanut butter and jelly is an abomination. Why you have the, the soggy jelly next to the delicious peanut butter. The savory, creamy peanut butter. I'm trying to think of other iconic trios. How about... Uh, Paul Korea, Tamuslani, and Steve Ruchin, former Ranger. <laughs> Steve Ruchin. <laughs> Those are days. You it's a shame 20. that uh, it's a shame that Paul Correa was not was not a New York Ranger. You know, funny story when the when the Rangers traded for Peter Sikora back when they were making the playoffs with Yarmir Yager as they were gearing up for the run. Mm-hmm. When I saw the line crawl on the bottom of the screen, I thought they traded for Solani. 
because uh, I misread it wrong. Because I actually think I'm dyslexic, like where I look at something and I think I see think a different you, word. You decided yeah. not to get that diagnosed by a medical. No, well, it's not. If even if it is, it's not bad enough that like that it affects my daily I want life. I to point out not, to you that you are a very well-known and renowned sports writer. All right, now this is getting deep. It's getting deep, Michael. Well, again, how many typos do I have? So there you fucking go. That's the yeah, answer. Yeah, but what if it's all because of dyslexia? That's totally possible. Us? I have no idea. The flip side, I told my dad, oh my God, the Rangers created for Team Mussolini. And my father was like, holy fuck. Your father oh saw that you God. lied and he threw a football. We're going to be so throat. good. And then I don't remember. like day. Again, it was back in the day when like there was no blogs or anything. It was You were getting your news in the newspaper the next day. Yeah. So I think dad the news came and I. Owl. The, the, my dad and I were watching the Ranger game, and he was like, where's Solani? And I was like, no, they definitely traded for him. And he was like, Peter Sikora? And I was like, I guess that was the guy. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I was Because I, I do remember my dad saying Timu Solani was, and I quote, a goal-scoring machine. And he wasn't wrong. I have, a, I have a something for you here to, to kind of give this question its fair due. Who's your favorite Rangers trio? Um, I'll just say in... Eh, should we say post 94 okay your favorite rangers trio mine joe so i'll did, give you did a, they have to play on the same team yeah you dummy that's the whole point okay um mine would be straka nylander yager oh that's a good one can i that's go dirty dirt can Kill. i go yager nylander lundquist uh, sure, Joe. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Well, it's not like I'm putting Wayne Gretzky at, at fucking center. Yeah, where he played every game of his life. You meant to and, say And then Messier. also putting Messier because you, you put go. Gretzky on center as a winger. Because, yeah. and I quote, you're trying to win games. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what David Quinn has been saying, and he's the head coach of the New York Rangers. <laughs> you're one step away from head coach of the New York Rangers. Uh, final question from Chuck Spadina. I'm not sure if it's the coach or the talent of the team, but this team cannot tank as currently constructed. I'm not sure if they're an above 500 team, but the streak has been fun to say the least. My question would be, would you rather see the team as currently constructed play out the year or see the trades come in to preview what some of our prospects can really do? Trades. Yeah, the reality is it's trades, but not because you want to see what the prospects can do because this team, like, you don't want to be in the dreaded middle and making the playoffs to lose in the first round is the dreaded middle. Think of this as a race, right? And you have a baby horse, and it's it's good, but it's sickly, all right? It has horse pneumonia, and you could <laughs> enter him into a race, even though he'd be coughing and sneezing and wheezing, but you know, it's best to say, you know what? We're going to wait until next year for this baby horse to be a little bit better, and uh, that's that's what you got to do. You got to give the baby horse time to rest if you want to win a race eventually. Hey, Mike, you know yep. what else you can do to rest? What else could you do? You can go to Casper.com. Oh, Casper is designed for humans by humans, not by ghosts, not by baby horses with pneumonia. No, no or sickly horses. Human Casper beings. products are cleverly designed to mimic human curves, providing supportive comfort for all kinds of bodies. Everyone's very, got curves. I'm a large curves, body. Jones. I've got curves. You're, you're a small. My wife is a smaller body. I am a large body. 
So I need the mattress for the curves. Yeah, um, the original Casper mattress combines okay. multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amount of both sink and bounce. Sink and bounce. design helps you sleep cool and regulate your body temperature throughout the night. And this is an important one. I talk about this a lot. With over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.5, excuse me, 4.8 stars across mm -hmm. Casper, Amazon, and Google, Casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress. Oh. You know what, Mike? You should all go right now. Oh, my God. Four goals in four games, Filipino. Oh, he scored? Oh, my God. You should all go right now and take a nap on a Casper mattress because Filipino is a damn monster. Look at him. Um, oh, affordable prices because Casper cuts the middleman out and sells directly to you. Hassle-free returns if you're not completely satisfied. And delivery right to your door. Joe, you know what else I heard about Casper mattresses? What else did you hear? Um, nine out of ten private detectives agree that most people don't get murdered in their sleep on a Casper mattress. Well, that's, you know what? That's a great status. <laughs> you know what? On Thanksgiving, you don't want Thanksgiving dinner ruined by saying, hey, where's where's Aunt Liza? Yeah, or even more so, oh my God, I didn't sleep well last night because I was not sleeping on a Casper mattress. Or that. So here's the deal, Mike. Now is the perfect time to give Casper a try yourself or to gift Casper to somebody you care about. Looking somebody for that Black Friday or Cyber Monday deal? Head to Casper.com slash savings to save 10% on your entire order with any Casper mattress for a limited time only. This offer expires November 27th. Terms and conditions apply. November 22nd or 27th, sorry. The offer expires on the 27th. That gives you eight days to go to Casper.com slash savings. You need to do it. Joe, if you were a, f a family member of mine and not just a dear, dear friend, I would get you a mattress so that you didn't get murdered in your sleep. Well, I like that, Michael. I appreciate that. You know what By the way, do you can be sure mattress. of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. Hmm. I want someone to make a mattress. You know how like there's those uh, like kangaroo shoes that have like a little pocket pouch? I want someone to make a mattress that has the built-in like hidden cubby thing, like back in the day when people put money in their mattresses. And that's because they don't trust banks, yes. Yeah. I'm like, be the mattress company that says, you know what? Not only is this a great mattress, but you can, you know, you can hide some money in there if you want. Well, there you go. Maybe hide some of those terrific savings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You hide the savings from the mattress. All right, Michael, that's it for the questions. Oh. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about for this Rangers year? Now that the baby's not on my lap? Turkey, white meat or dark meat? Oh, white meat all the way. I like white meat too, but I need a little bit of that dark meat. Just like a little bit of the wing meat? That's what you need? Yeah, a little bit. I don't do mind like, dark you, meat. Do you eat I think the skin? I do skin eat the man? skin. I love the skin. So you want to hear a fun story? Yeah. How, how do you like your turkey, Michael? Uh, not dry. Well, not, uh, not other like, than not dry. Uh, your wife's mother prepares it. Do you like it smoked? Do you like it fried? Ooh. I like it always, really. Huh. It's interesting. I'm not big uh, on a turkey burger. Let me tell you a story about young Joseph. Young Joe. Young Joseph and his father walked down the street to boy. our neighbor's house. A cherub-like face. Who was the nicest guy in the world, but a complete psychopath. And he murdered people in their sleep. <laughs> My neighbor, who will remain nameless, I'm not going to give his name out. Let me just say that they're, Donald they're relatively famous on Long Island. That's all I'll say. Um, they, they were Mr. He, we, went, we went to his house, and on the front lawn, we saw him on a 10-foot ladder slowly lowering a turkey into a bubbling cauldron of oil and my dad said oh what are you doing and my neighbor goes oh i'm deep frying a frozen turkey and then in his parenting instinct my father immediately 
grabbed me with a hand like you would stop somebody <laughs> in the passenger seat of flying forward and yeah. began pushing me away as we backed up slowly. And my dad said, you can't, we'll just call him Arnold. Arnold, you can't deep fry a frozen turkey. The turkey has to be dry. And Arnold was like, no, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Mike, he dropped this turkey into the fucking vat of oil. It fucking exploded yeah his entire lawn was on fire from the oil he got blown off the goddamn ladder across the driveway we had to run over and pull him out of the flames i'm literally 12 years old pull him out of the flames his wife comes running out of the house screaming fire department came and nobody got to eat the turkey obviously because the turkey didn't even cook it just exploded yeah science will do that you gotta listen to science that's my thanksgiving miracle story that's pretty good that was Stanley's ball. Do you have a Thanksgiving miracle story? I'm trying to think of one. Um, About an exploding turkey? Oh, here you want to hear another fun fact? Yeah. You'll really appreciate this one. On not one, but two separate occasions, the Fortunatos have dined on a three-legged turkey on Thanksgiving. A three-legged turkey? It had an extra leg. What the fuck are you talking Mike, about? Mike, on not one two separate occasions was this intentional no we purchased the turkey from a, a, a place in brooklyn only to discover it that was it had a a three legs twice two times two times on two in separate occasions in my lifetime oh no two separate occasions we have dined on a three-legged turkey do me a favor real delicious. quick just check how many fingers and toes your daughter has for me i be- well we did the anatomy test i believe she has five 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 All and right. five Okay, but like if she grows gills or something. I'll let you know. Well, this was I was a child the last time that we had the three-legged turkey. I know, Long like before the, I met Brittany. I've read enough X-Men comics to know that the you know, the mutant gene activates sometime around puberty. So just keep an eye out. My two separate occasions. Think about that's, that. That's absurd. I've Twice, heard of like, I thought you were going to say you were having like a turducken. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, and I was like, two okay. Two separate occasions. That would be six legs. So what happened? You got half a turducken? No. You had this two mutant turkeys. Two mutant turkey legs. It, and they turkey were delicious. The extra leg was delicious. Life. Was the extra leg pump and like, not it was a nor- like an, on like both muscle? occasions, it was a normal leg. It was an atrophy? A third normal leg. This isn't true. You're it's, lying. Mike, I swear. Swear on Thanksgiving. I swear on Thanksgiving. On two separate occasions. I believe you got The Fortunato it. family has dined, both of them in Brooklyn, on a three-legged turkey. I, I don't, that, that has to be how we end the show. We can't beat that. Br- Br- Brittany says, I'm sorry, can, I'm sorry, can you say the first fact again? Fact one. Do not buy a turkey from Brooklyn. That's going to okay. be racist to the Brooklyn followers who listen to us. Well, Brooklyn isn't a race, but keep going. Britt's saying it's because of the hormones that they put in the turkey. Ah, the hormones. Now you have eaten all those hormones. Now we've eaten those hormones. Yeah. Because it's gross. But I was a kid. I was a young child. I was a, I was a strapping lad. It's what made me strong. And after that, after you ate those turkeys, Joe... Uh, you got words mixed up in your head, and you developed dyslexia. That's that's true. Listen, this is it is why I suddenly develop superpowers. All right, Mike, I've given two one very embarrassing Thanksgiving story. We need one from you. Um, I recall the only one I really remember is at one Thanksgiving I put so much food on my plate because I decided that I was not going to get up for seconds. Um, but I put so much food on my plate that I made like layers of food. And everyone laughed at me. Um, 
And that was a fun thing to happen to a chubby little kid. That's that's just sad. That's not a fun story. Well, I didn't say it was fun. I was expecting a fun, laughing story. Um, I remember I was very slow to convert to the school of gravy, but I'm a proud uh, gravy boy now. What are you doing right now? These aren't, these are nothing, none of this is fun. I don't know. My, my family's Thanksgivings are just kind of sharing stories and nothing, not a lot of mutant birds uh, involved. There's a lot of talk about stuffing and the, the eternal debate about inside or outside stuffing. Oh, and what did you say you were? You're an outside stuffing guy. Outside. Uh, well, who invented stuffing in the butt? I don't know, but people are like, oh no, you get all the drippings and all the stuff from the turkey. I'm like, ah... Uh, I don't want soggy stuffing. No, I don't want soggy stuffing either. I also I think don't that, like, want butt juice. I, I think about this often. There are just aspects of life that we take for granted that some brave soul had to do first. Oh, yeah, like the guy who ate the first oyster. Right, the guy who ate the first oyster. The person who ate the first egg. Like, oh, this came out of a chicken's ass. The first Let's guy who looked like. at a, a human eye and said, you know what? I can perform surgery on that. <laughs> <laughs> Everything will be fine. Yeah, that's a. Give me a fork, Mom. Like, give you know me a what? fork. You don't want to have children anymore. Let me see your penis. I'll take care of this. Yeah, I'll, I'll try a vasectomy. Yeah, we'll just here. They didn't even know what it was called. And an exacto knife maybe more and importantly, the brave soul who said, "Sure, you can do that to my penis." Yeah, because that man is the true hero. That's so yes, it. that is a hero. Or he was dead in a cadaver, and they just experimented. But then, how would you know if it worked? It's, you know what, Joe? God damn it, you got me there. That's a great point, isn't it? You'd you never you know, know what they would do? They would put a baboon heart in the cadaver. And then... <laughs> and it would just, it would just baboon it. blood? Yeah. Yeah, or a pig heart, I think. Well, Michael, this has been a wonderful show. Yeah, it's been a wonderful show. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, Joe. happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Happy Thanksgiving, one and all. Mike, favorite pie on Thanksgiving? Uh, it's got to be apple. Oh, apple's a good choice. Like Every it. year, without brown fail. Brown cinnamon and... You know, I want cinnamon and brown sugar, and oh, I want it to be warm and sweet, Joe. Every year without fail, I look at pecan pie, and I look at pumpkin pie, and I go, huh, I've never had either of those before. And, and then, then I eat apple. a slice, and I realize I hate pecan pie. I don't like it. <laughs> and pumpkin pie, really, I'm not a huge fan of. You see, I see all those pies, but then I see apple. There's the old reliable with its sultry, sultry crust, and I say, I know what I want. Johnny Brit's, Appleseed wasn't Brit's okay. yelling at me. She goes, oh, you think you've never had this? Yes, every year. I will do it this year on Thanksgiving. I will look at pecan pie and I will look at pumpkin pie, even after telling this story. And I'll go, huh, I've never had that before. I wonder what it tastes <laughs> like. Even now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, I have to have a slice of pecan pie. I don't know what it tastes like, even right now, telling the story. Do you do cranberry sauce? Are you a cranberry man? Um, I do like, I, I'm not a huge cranberry sauce fan, but I do like, Brittany loves cranberry sauce. Brittany loves the cranberry sauce out of the can that comes out yeah. shaped like the can with like the That's goddamn the can it. impressions in it where you can yeah. just slice it. She's not That's real. Right That's now. America. Actually, it's a Thanksgiving tradition. Thanksgiving doesn't start until Brittany opens the can up and eats it whole. She just pours it into her mouth. I mean, cranberry sauce is fucking... I like, you know what? I, I do enjoy it. My uh, mother-in-law also makes, I think, uh, she makes a red cabbage right your mom makes a red cabbage yeah and it's really good uh you should tell Brittany what you think of her mother's uh turkey cook oh she knows i'm not gonna repeat it though what? <laughs> can never it can never be known what uh all right yeah. well oh wait a minute we have to do patreon oh you're gonna not tell your wife now and make the show awkward good job you're goddamn right because i'm not getting myself in trouble fuck that 
Patreon.com. Remember, patreon.com slash blue shirt banter. You can donate to us, and you should leave podcasting to the professionals. I think Mike and I have proven that, that this is what happens when a professional does it. You can't do it. So, yeah, it's lightning in a bottle. It's us. lightning in a bottle. You're goddamn right. It's a, Alex it's a Gardner, Alexander Ricard, Armayo Kistner, Andre Chicago, Anthony Viola, Arch Williams, Bob Cowa, Chris B., Chris Habibi. Happy Thanksgiving, Chris Habibi. You're a friend of Mike's. Happy Chuck Spadina, Dan Carosi, Daniel DeGen, Danny Santiago, David L. Singer, who Happy asked the question today, Eric Cohn, Fancy Lawrence, best name, Gabriel Vargas, 50, Igor Zatlovsky, James Dangles, John J. Porter, John Reppy, Johnny Alo, Keith Franchillo, Matt Bader, Guy from Montana, Michael Silvers, the hype man of the Bantering the Blue Shirts podcast, Mike Offit, Robert Courtney, Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy Robert, Thomas Osa, Trevor Kempner, and Zachary Zetlin. Thank you all for donating. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys more than everybody who doesn't donate. A little extra happy Thanksgiving. That's what Mike said. A little extra gravy. We love you all. Bye-bye. Three-legged turkey. <laughs>